Mormon Discussions and its lineup of great podcasts is about helping Latter-day Saints like you tackle deeper, complex issues within Mormonism. All financial support goes directly towards keeping these podcasts alive and supporting listeners like you. To support the programs on this podcast, please consider becoming a premium subscriber. Or making a donation at mormondiscussions.org. Again, that's Mormon Discussions, plural with an S on the end, dot org. Donate today and support programs like Mormon Discussion, Radio Free Mormon, Mormon Awakenings, Mormon History Podcast, Marriage on a Tightrope, and others. If these programs benefit you, and you want to see these continue, please consider making an annual donation starting today. All donations are tax-exempt inside the United States and go towards keeping the podcast alive. Mormon Mormon Discussions and its lineup of great programs. Helping you navigate Mormonism one episode at a time. And now, on to what you've been waiting to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Mormon Discussion Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Real. Grateful for this chance to be with you. Today, I want to talk about the neighborhood block party. Now, if you're not from Utah, this is going to not be something maybe you're familiar with. If you come from Utah, you live in Utah, you're aware of the Utah culture, this is... Uh, what I find to be a fascinating thing that happens. And and it comes with some personal story. And I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. So every few months in my neighborhood, and it didn't matter whether it was in Santa Clara, Utah, or Washington, Utah, where we currently live, every few months, there is a neighborhood block party. And what happens is that uh, the first you find out about this is somebody comes to your door, they knock on your door, and they give you a formal invitation. Hey, us neighbors, we're just going to be having a party, going to be getting together, going to be these uh, these streets here. We're going to be meeting over in that space. We're going to be cooking some food, having some uh, maybe a chili cook-off. We're going to be doing some of that fun stuff. And that's And that's how you find out about the neighborhood block party. Someone knocks on your door, gives you an invitation, says they hope to see you there. If you lived anywhere else in the world, you would immediately go like, ah, that's pretty cool. Neighborhood block party. Awesome. So the neighbors on this street, that street, and that street over there are going to get together. That's pretty cool. And that's uh, that's how you end up finding out. And, and so then the invitation, you put a magnet on it, you stick it to your refrigerator, you mark it on your calendar, and now you're ready to rock and roll for the block party. As you get close to the block party, there's going to be a second visit. Somebody's going to show up at your door with a clipboard and a piece of paper. They're going to be asking you for a roll call for the neighborhood block party, which may seem just a little strange, but hey, they want to know who's coming. They want to have enough napkins and plastic spoons. So that, you know, you let that one slide and you confirm you're going to the block party. You see, here's the trouble. I don't go to the block party. I, uh... I come home from work and I want to walk into my front door and I want to walk up my steps and I want to give my wife a big hug and a kiss and I want to sit down. At my job, I'm on my feet all day. I'm putting my brain to work, uh, handling transactions where I'm figuring out what to buy merchandise for, what to sell merchandise for, what to loan on this thing, what to loan on that thing. My brain is at work all day long. When I get home, my legs hurt and my brain is exhausted. And I just want to hold my wife and sit down, watch a TV show, eat some dinner, and relax. But the problem is when you come home on the night of a block party, 
the streets, my streets, not necessarily your streets for your block party because my neighborhood block party does their party differently, but the streets are blocked off. Every single street that goes to my house is blocked off. In fact, this last time, there was yellow caution tape stretched from one side of the street to the other, tied to two fences, and I could not get to my house. I couldn't get to my driveway. I was left quite a distance away. You see, there are three streets I can take to get to my home. And when they do these block parties, every single time, they block off all three streets where my driveway is inside the block party. Now, the blockade is instituted about 200 feet from my driveway on two of those streets and about 70 feet from my driveway on the third street. Can you picture me getting back from the grocery store, for instance, pulling right up to the yellow tape, getting out? You know how this goes. You carry three gallons of milk in one hand. You got your grocery bag in the other I got to duck underneath this yellow tape, got to walk this 70 feet, and you get it, right? Like the first five or 10 feet, three gallons of milk, you're like, I'm a man, I can handle this. And then suddenly you get 15 feet in, 20 feet in, 35 feet in, and your hand is hurting from the plastic of the milk gallons. And all of a sudden, the head of lettuce falls out of the grocery bag. So now you're kicking it like a soccer ball, trying to get it back to your house. Because you can't get to your driveway because some neighbors decided to play in the street and to block off your driveway from you getting any kind of access to it. In fact, you have to walk some distance, what some senior citizens would call a small hike. Let me guess, you're getting a little frustrated right now. You're either thinking two things. You're thinking, look, Bill, it's a neighborhood party. Quit being an asshole, right? That's what some of you are thinking. And the rest of you, though, are going like, that's frustrating. That would tick me off. I need to have access to my driveway. You see, Mormons don't care about the rules. Bill, rules don't apply, you say? Why, yes, inquisitive listeners. You see, it's illegal to block access to city streets in order to hold a super special neighborhood block party, a parade Yep, you can get a permit to block off streets for a parade. How about a marathon or a bike race? Yeah, they do a lot of those where I live. Yep, you can get a permit for those too. In fact, there's one tomorrow. And the road, the two roads that I use to get to my uh, place of employment, one of those roads will be completely closed and the other one will be down to one lane instead of two on each side. And it's a highway. There's serious traffic. It's going to inhibit my way of getting to work. But guess what? These people every year get a permit. They do the right thing. They go get a permit. They've got this special event. But for super special Mormon neighborhood block parties? No, blocking the streets is illegal. So I come home this past Wednesday. Today is May 3rd. This block party occurred on May 1st, this past Wednesday. So I get off from a long day at work. I go into work around 7.30, 8 o'clock. I get home around 6.30-ish. It's a long day. I know some of you have longer days. I'm not bragging about my day, how long it is. I'm just saying I had a long day. 
You had a long day. I have a long day. It happens. You want to get home. You want to be able to pull into the house that you purchased. You want to be able to pull into your driveway. Walk the six or seven steps up to your front door and walk in. So I come home Wednesday and here we are again. Neighborhood block party. Standard street I turn down. Block! Block! So my blood pressure raises and I turn around and I think, all right, look, not a big deal. This street's blocked. Let's go back around. Maybe the other one's not blocked this time. Maybe maybe they've figured out like it's not fair to block somebody's driveway. So I turn around. I go back up the street. I go all the way past my neighborhood into the third street, come up one block, and turn back in to get to the street I need to get to. Block! Block! And look, guys, I get it. We want our kids to play safely. We want our kids to be, when there, when there is some kind of function and, and people are together and there's a ton of kids running around, we want kids to be safe. Look, I like kids. I want kids to be safe. But there is a ward chapel, probably a $4 million chapel, within about three blocks of my house. Now, I don't know where it's at. I've never been to it. When we moved to Washington over a year ago, about a year and a half ago, I, we stopped going to church back in Santa Clara, and we never attended the local ward here in Washington when we moved. So I have no clue where it's at, but it's more, you know, it's southern Utah. The ward doesn't take up that much space in terms of uh, geography. And so there is a $4 million ward chapel nearby with, I'm guessing, a good spot of grass to play on. The other cool thing is I also have a park. Yep. The park is about two blocks away from my house. Nice park, picnic benches, ton of open space, got grills out so you could put some charcoal down, make yourself a hot dog or two. Man, you would think that's a good space to meet at. So I pull up to this yellow caution tape, stretched across the street, one side to the other, 70 feet before I can get to my driveway. I pull right up to the tape. I put my stick shift 2015 Nissan Versa into neutral. I pull the emergency brake. I get out of my car. I walk to one side and I pull on this yellow plastic tape until it breaks. I walk the tape over to the other side of the street, set it down next to the fence where it's tied on the other side. I get back in my Versa, release the emergency brake, put the manual transmission back into first gear, and I pull into my driveway. I go into my house. Now I'm a little frustrated. Wasted an extra three or four minutes of my night because my driveway's blocked. Not your driveway, but mine. So I go into my house, a little frustrated. I pick up the phone. I call law enforcement. Now let me tell you, I don't just call dispatch. It's not like, like I'm not crazy, guys. I'm not picking up the phone and, you know, calling 911. Hello, sir. This is 911 emergency. How can I help you? Oh, I've got an emergency. I've got people having a neighborhood block party. They've got my driveway blocked off from all directions. You better send the coppers. You better send them quick. No, I'm not batshit crazy. So Spencer Wright, you can be assured. Instead, what I do is I call the off-hours number. I know they're closed at this point. So I call the off-hours number, 
and I leave a voicemail and I say, look, here's my situation. I've got, you know, I live in this, obviously we live in this Mormon community and these folks decide to have a, a neighborhood block party as they call it. And they blocked off access to my street. Now I'm guessing that's illegal. I'm pretty sure it is. And so I'd like a phone call back tomorrow from somebody who can help me understand, yes, it's illegal. Yes, they shouldn't do it. Here's the ramifications. And so that I can essentially arm myself with information. It's what I've always done. I've always armed myself with information. And so that's what I do. I leave a voicemail, leave my phone number, ask somebody to call me back, and I hang up. I'm not crazy. I go on with my night. I'm happy. Life is good. My wife and I sit down. We eat dinner. Everything is great. Life couldn't be better. The next day I'm at work around 9.15 a.m. Phone rings and it's a code officer with the Washington City Police. He verifies that, which I had assumed. It's illegal. You got to have a permit. We get permits out for some things, but we're not giving permits out for neighborhood block parties. He says, next time this happens, call us. Call dispatch. We'll send a code officer out and they'll write a ticket for blocking access to city streets and to personal private driveways. So I hang up with the officer. I thank him. Good day, Mr. Officer. Armed with information, I did what I've always done, which is speak truth to power. I emailed the bishop of the ward that I am geographically located in. Not my bishop anymore. They told me I'm not wanted. Remember, I'm excommunicated. But he's the bishop of the ward that if I were still a member, if they hadn't kicked me out, he'd be my bishop. Not anymore, though. Because again, they kicked me out. Okay, no big deal. So I email this ward's bishop and I carbon copy the stake president on it about the neighborhood block party. Now you're asking right now, Bill, why are you emailing a church leader about a neighborhood party? Thanks for asking. You see, while the public name of the party is neighborhood block party, in quotations, neighborhood block party, it is actually a ward missionary activity. You get that, right? If you live in Utah, you get it. But if you don't, you may be experiencing right now a stupor of thought. Let me help you with clarity. You see, in Utah, neighborhood block parties are a Mormon tool to get to know your non-Mormon neighbors and, and BRT them. Oh yeah, if you went to, on a mission back in the 90s, you know what BRT means. It's the acronym that stands for Build a Relationship of Trust. That's the middle step. And hopefully, man, what we're all hoping for here at the Neighborhood Block Party is that we get to know our non-Mormon neighbors, build a relationship of trust, and hopefully, best case scenario, we get to move on to having been commissioned of Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You see, neighborhood block parties in Utah are a deception. Mormons, as usual, do one thing under the banner of something else. Whereas most organizations are dying to tell you that they are the author of an event, Mormonism intentionally chooses to deceive you non-Mormon neighbors into thinking this is an organic, from the ground up, old-style neighborhood block party. It is actually a church activity created by a high-demand fundamentalist religion in order to hopefully find converts and build morale and loyalty and costly signaling among the believers. And then we name it Neighborhood Block Party. 
Because if we came to your house and knocked on your door and gave you an invitation to the high-demand fundamentalist religion get-together with a free hot dog, nobody's going to show up. It's deceptive. It's dishonest. So here's my email to my bishop, copied over to my stake president. Mr. Anderson, you see, he's Bishop Anderson, but he's not my bishop. So Mr. Anderson reminds me of the Matrix. Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Every few months there is a neighborhood block party. I assume it is organized at the ward church level. But if not, I'm hopeful you know who the, per- the organizers are and you can help me solve a problem. Each block party, the streets are blocked off. I get it. We want kids to be safe. Me too. That said, the blocking of streets is illegal. Can you imagine how frustrating it is to have my driveway blocked from all sides illegally when I arrive home after work? I called law enforcement this morning. They acknowledged that such blocking of the streets is illegal without a permit and that permits are granted for parades and certain other functions and events, but not for neighborhood parties. So I'm assuming the blocking of the streets was illegal and no permit granted. If the streets are blocked off again from any direction that inhibits me getting to my driveway, I will be forced to call dispatch, and they have assured me a ticket would be written for such a thing. My suggestion is there is a park two blocks away. Have the parties there, not in the middle of the street. I also welcome an invitation to these, but would ask that organizers not stop by my house multiple times to get a roll call for such. To a non-member, these feel too much like a church function. The parties strangely stay relatively inside ward boundaries. It feels like a conversion tool and seems to operate at a level that motives seem disingenuous, etc. If it does come from the church, I prefer it be acknowledged as such, so I can determine honestly where it originates from and decide better if our family should attend or not. A ward party organized at the ward level and portrayed as a neighborhood block party feels deceptive. If secret conversations go on at church about using this as a tool to get to know non-members better, and again, maybe the ward has zero influence on the party, and if so, disregard my last round of advice. Thanks so much for helping me address this blocking of my driveway situation, and I would greatly appreciate letting me know that you have the resources and contacts to assure that this has been resolved. Just trying to be peaceful and help us keep the laws of the land and all, In case you didn't catch that, that's a reference to the article of faith where we promise to keep the laws of the land. That part wasn't in the email. That's just me clarifying for you, the listener. If you prefer not to involve yourself, and this is not organized in any way at the ward level, could you point me to contact information whereby I could reach the person who does organize these? Sincerely, Bill Real. So here I am 24 hours later because I sent that email out yesterday morning. And here I am 24 hours later, and there's been no response. You know, common decency from human beings is that when people initiate a tough conversation and they address something to you that is important and has affected them, that you reach back out and have a conversation with them. But that's the problem. Everything in Mormon is passive-aggressive. Even these block parties, they don't even know it, but they're passive-aggressive. And then this bishop not responding back. So last night I text the stake president. I don't have the bishop's telephone number. So I text the stake president. Say, hey, I'd love to get a response back. If you could just ensure that that happens. It seems like that's common decency. Here we are the next morning, 24 hours away from my email. 
Nobody reaches back out. My guess is this conversation's too hard for them, so they'll just resolve it behind the scenes without letting me know that it's resolved. If it wasn't them that organized it, you'd think they'd be eager to send an email out and rub it in my face that it has nothing to do with them. So my gut, I guess, is right. It originates at the ward level. Nobody wants to have a hard conversation about how they screwed up, how that was rude, and apologize to me. Nah, because I'm the guy they kicked out. Imagine the passive aggressiveness of showing up at my door under the guise of not trick-or-treat, but the guise of calling it a neighborhood block party and inviting to the ward activity the very guy you just kicked out months ago. I know you guys kicked me out, but I'd love to have a hot dog with you at the end of my street while my driveway's blocked. That sounds like fun. So to all the Utah bishops, to all the Utah stake presidents, here's some advice. If you're going to do a neighborhood block party, don't follow ward boundaries. That's a church activity. When you determine that us, this neighborhood, we're going to follow the boundaries of our religious congregation that some of us belong to and some of us don't, that just doesn't feel right. It's what we call icky. It feels dirty. It's also obvious then that it's a church activity, which is great for those of us trying to figure that out. Number two, let it be organic. Let, let somebody in the ward create it on their own. And if you're going to head it up, then call it what it is. A, quote, get to know the members of our high demand fundamentalist religion while also sharing a hot dog and chili recipes with us, unquote, activity. It is a church activity. Avoiding non-Mormons in your neighborhood, being aware and knowing that this is a church activity, it's dishonest. It's shady. Why don't you try blurring the ward boundaries so your members can meet the members from another ward? And don't send people more than once to a house. You don't need a roll call for a block party. And lastly, don't block streets off. And sure as hell, don't block Bill Reel's driveway. Otherwise, it's likely to become a podcast episode. See you next time. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood, a neighborly day for a beauty. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I have always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you, so... Let's make the most of this beautiful day Since we're together, we might as well say Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Won't you please? Won't you please? Please won't you be my neighbor?
It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood, a neighborly with you. So let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? <laughs>